Hello and welcome back to the Curious Cast. This week we're discussing the Darwin Awards. Welcome back, George. Well, well, well. Look who's back. How, how are you feeling after your, your little trip? Well, I'm, I'm feeling all right now. Um, Everything fixed? I had to, had to go off for a little, yeah, a little fix up. Just got the two now. So uh, just got the two knobs. So that's oh, all good. Okay, yeah, better than, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Better than the alternative. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm happy to be back. Um, alive and well. But it is still only a, uh, a two-man episode again. We are down one man, up one man, down another man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Rob, did, he, he said to you why he couldn't make it, didn't he? Yeah, so it's actually quite sad. Um, so basically what's happened is, ironically, I don't know if it's irony or uh, something else, but basically... Alien life has been found living inside one of his dreadlocks. Yeah. So when he was off in his van, I think uh, it was in Wales last week, they got stopped by the police. And during the police check, they, they checked his dreadlocks because they thought he's going to have some drugs or something in there. And there was this <laughs> little like, squid alien thing in there. So he's been shipped off to some he, sort of he didn't government know it was headquarters. There. It's just... He didn't know it was there because yeah. he hasn't seen you know, the back of his head in <laughs> ever. Um, so at the moment they're doing tests, um, mostly anal, anal tests, which mm. I don't really understand because, you know, his dreadlocks are in his head, but apparently... I think got... he's got some more, uh, dreadlocks that we haven't seen before. <laughs> oh yeah. Ma- they're matted. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like extremely matted. Yeah. He, his bum cheeks are actually matted together. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, it's pretty grim, but... So you have to prise them apart to, just, to get in there. Yeah. That's just lifestyle, isn't it? But um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what the outcome's going to be. All I know is there's a lot of uh, probing going on. Um, he might be. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. He might be back next episode. It just depends. You know how much he can take. Yeah, right? we could do a whole. Ep- I mean, he he is like the alien one out of us. You know, it is quite fitting that he. Um, maybe that's what it. Maybe that's what it was this whole time. Mm. It might have been, been aliens controlled. controlling him from inside the dreadlocks. Yeah, I like Ratatouille. So. But <laughs> speaking but of stuff being found in dreadlocks, reminds me of a uh, a video I watched online of a girl cutting her dreadlocks off or getting someone to cut her dreadlocks, and the whole of the inside was just all rotten and mouldy. Oh, like there was actual mould in the dreadlock. Ah, that's gross. That is gross. Are they all yeah. like that? Surely not. I don't think so. I think no. That was just maybe poor care. She just didn't look after them. Yeah. Whereas Rob, you know, he's got living things in there. He's got aliens living in. Oh, there. Yeah, so they so can't be. Dead or rotten. No, no, there's like an you know, ecosystem. Yeah, thriving. A biosphere yeah. inside his dread. Yeah. So, um, yeah, join us in wishing Rob well. Um, you know, we all know what it's like to be probed. Uh, well, some of us do, some of us don't. Um, Godspeed, Rob. Yeah. Send, send, him your, send him your wishes, Rob on the rocks. Yeah. Um, not on, wish, not on the well rock, wishes. Is it? Yeah, Rob on the rocks. Yeah, Rob on the rocks, I think. Yeah. Because he... Goes rock climbing, in case you didn't know. Mm, yeah. Because yeah. he doesn't, doesn't tell anyone about that. <laughs> but yeah, we're, um, we're talking about the Darwin Awards this week. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what the Darwin Awards are, uh, it's people who have killed themselves in ridiculous and stupid ways, uh, you know, very fitting in with the whole uh, survival of the fittest mantra that uh, Darwin himself 
What was Darwin's first name? I, I went to say his name, but I can't. Uh, Charles was Charles Darwin. Yeah, <clears throat> Charlie Darwin. Oh, oh, Chazza, Chazza Dazza, <laughs> Chazza. Uh, <laughs> as as we call him in the industry. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, uh, for millions and millions of years, species have uh, died off for not being good at surviving, and humans aren't exempt to that. We've uh, we've survived pretty well, and to this day people do still kill themselves in stupid ways and it's almost fitting that uh you know i've said fitting too many times but <laughs> you know the darwin awards are, are handed out every year not directly because the person will not be there to receive them but to those people who have died in uh pretty funny ways sometimes sometimes not yeah. funny sometimes just stupid um but yeah, it's also you... people that have survived, so they get like an honorary Ooh. Darwin Award. Um, so some people do something like incredibly stupid. Up. Yeah, almost like a runners up. They've got the yeah, bronze participation medal. medal. <laughs> yeah, 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 participation trophy. Participation trophy. That's how you say it. That is, that's the right pronunciation. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're not making light of of people dying. You know, obviously it's very sad, but sometimes people do something incredibly stupid, um, and you just think what went through their brain, you know, in the moments leading up to and during the disaster. Sometimes yeah. it's worth making light of it, you know? No, I think so. Sometimes it's what they would have wanted. <laughs> but, you know, we've just spoken about Rob. Yeah. Um, and we've just spoken about sometimes people survive. Um, so speaking of scrotums, uh, I've got my first story uh, that involves what is called scrotum self-repair. Oh. So... Um, I thought it, it it fits our um, modus operandi mm-hmm. quite well. It's got scrotums in it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna re- give you a brief overview of this Darwin Award. This is a runner-up, so he didn't die. Oh, okay. Luckily, um, so it means you you can laugh at it a bit more as well. So this is from a, a nurse in in the US. This has been confirmed, so it's all 100 percent true. Um, this is from a nurse in the US. Uh, she said that a patient came in who refused to describe his problem other than to say that he needed a doctor who took care of men's troubles. Uh, The patient was pale, febrile, and obviously uncomfortable, um, and had little else to say as he gingerly opened his trousers to expose a bit of angry red and black and blue scrotal skin. Oh. It's nice, nice descriptions there. Angry. Angry, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you're going to find out why it's angry. So uh, after they got him undressed, uh, it exposed uh, two or three yards of foul-smelling stained gauze wrapped around his scrotum, which was swollen to t- twice the size of a grapefruit and extremely tender. Wow. Um, a jagged zigzag laceration oozing pus and blood extended down the left scrotum. It's Zig-zag. lovely. Zigzagging. What's he done? Well, you're going to find out. So amid the matted hair... Edematous skin, don't know what that is, and various exudates. I saw some half buried dark linear, linear objects and asked the patient what they were. Uh, he said that several days earlier he had injured himself in the machine room where he worked and had closed the laceration himself with a heavy duty stapling gun. Uh... The dark objects were one inch staples of the type used in putting up wallboard, so they're quite, you know, the, the heavy yeah, duty yeah, yeah. staples. Um, so they, they, uh, uh, x-rayed it, got the staples out, obviously gave him um, medication and, and all that sort of stuff. But it turns out that one of his testicles was missing as well. So oh, no. they were like, what, what, you know, what the hell did you do to 
to, for this to happen. He sort of didn't, um, he didn't say anything. He, you know, stayed quiet for the first few days and then eventually he, he owned up. Um, so this is why, this is his excuse as to how he injured himself. He says he was an unmarried loner and usually didn't leave the machine shop at lunchtime with his co-workers. Finding himself alone, he had begun the regular practice of masturbating by holding his penis against the canvas-driven belt of a large floor-based piece of running machinery. Oh. So regular practice. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, who doesn't do this? Um, <laughs> so one day, as he approached, approached orgasm, he lost his concentration. I mean, it happens to the best of yeah. us. And leaned too close to the belt. When his scrotum suddenly became caught between the pulley wheel and the drive belt, he was thrown into the air and landed a few feet away, what? unaware that, it, that he had lost his left testes. So basically he got pulled in by his, by his bollocks yeah. and then flung backwards from the machine. Jesus. Um, if I'm to be thrown across the room by a part of my body, that's probably the one that's at the very bottom of the list. Yeah. Like it's bollocks. Then it's cock, <laughs> and then maybe like eyeball or something. Uh, yeah, eyeball. Yeah. yeah, that's a rough That'd be one. Horrible. Everything else is good to go, really. Hair, <laughs> mm, but everything else, go for it. Um, this is the part that I find quite. Um, we need to give him a bit of praise for this. So after this had happened, he obviously didn't know that he'd, he'd ripped his bollock off. Yeah. Um, and he was a bit stunned. He stapled the wound closed, so he got a staple gun, stapled his testicles back up, and then started work again, just <laughs> resume hell. work. Yeah, oh my God. Um, so yeah, he survived, made a, made a full recovery, obviously lost his, his plum. Um, where, I wonder where it went. Like, was one of his, you know, his <laughs> know. colleagues all come back from lunch, and they were like, oh, fucking Gary, you're a bit quiet, aren't you? And he's just, oh yeah, just not, not feeling too well, whatever. Someone walks across the room, and like, fucking, what's this? Because you might not think straight away that it's a bollock because most people don't know what an actual, like, a, a bollock looks like outside yeah. of its skin. So you would give people, what, what the fuck is going on here? What? And he's like, oh, um, ah, it's probably nothing. Let me, I'll take care of that. He chucks it in the bin. It's mental. I mean, there must have been blood everywhere, surely. How has he got away with, with that? You'd think so. I don't know how, how much blood... There must be a good amount, right? I reckon in your balls. There's a lot of um, there's just a I lot going on. More, yeah, there's a lot moving about in there, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's we not. It dog. doesn't. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of blood, like <laughs> in the actual like sack, does it? That's true. I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's not like it. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't like fill up. That's <laughs> I know, but because it's not like there's loads of skin either. You know, you've, yeah, got, true. you've got you've got blood sort of just on underneath like the surface of your skin, mm. but. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's just empty in there. <laughs> just air. Just, just the balls, yeah. Just. <laughs> well, I think we need a doctor. So if there's a doctor listening, there must be someone with uh, some sort of medical training that's know. listened to an episode of The Curious Cast by now. Uh, there I, must I, I be a Uruguayan doctor out there <laughs> listening. Yeah. I w yeah, I wouldn't. If I was to bet whether a doctor listens to our podcast or not, I would bet against that. I don't, <laughs> I don't think we're the type of podcast doctors listen I think. to. I think we need to do more medical specials. Maybe, yeah. I do have a big folder for medical specials. <laughs> uh, that one, that one's rough. Um, I yeah, guess we started on a rough one. Yeah, I guess it's still, even though he didn't die, it is still eligible for the Darwin Awards because he's probably not as fertile as he was before. So he's not able to pass on his genes, and uh, that is, you know, that is a, that is 
I don't know. I think Darwin would agree with that. that, that... <laughs> yeah, he's limited. He's, he's a gene pool. Yeah, that is evolution. Yeah, I bet. I bet monkeys, you know, never really thought that in the future they'd have to avoid masturbating against a big bit of machinery to, to you know. To... No, but I bet if you gave monkeys a big bit of machinery, they would fuck it. <laughs> like... Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> Clearly, because we're basically we are monkeys. Just, yeah, yeah, we're just slightly smarter, bald monkeys. <laughs> so um, we've started off on a good one. Uh, who doesn't love a testicle being ripped off? You know, just just that guy probably. It reminds me of the uh, Pain Olympics. Do you remember oh, that? The yeah, pain? I do. It's just horrendous. Yeah, that, that was. Uh... But there's a few videos that I regret watching. You know, like from the internet and stuff. And all of those are in that category. Yeah, I think I've I think I've seen all of those classic, like horrible videos on the internet that I guess it was just it was when people were just finding out that this internet you can do anything. And obviously I get that, you know, I wasn't there when the internet was first first being, you know, knocking about on the scene. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't you know, I wasn't using a computer in the 90s or very early 2000s but the internet was shit then the internet started getting good when i was old enough to use it and mm. yeah you did have all these fucked up websites where people just post these fucked up videos and uh i don't know i don't think i've turned out a worse person for it maybe better it gives you perspective you know you're yeah, having a bad day never... and i'll have a little flashback and i'm like well I don't have a big glass jar breaking up my ass, so that's 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 good. That is true. Yeah, that is very true. Apparently, I um, heard that the the famous one where the guy chops his winkle off with a, a hatchet is fake. Yeah, I heard real. that as well. Um, so I think that's the one that sort of started the whole thing as well. That was like the famous one. I don't know if it started. I mean, it, but... How can you one up that? <laughs> is it... What I've never understood about all that sort of stuff, and I think we've spoken about it before, is that it's a one and done. Oh event you know like i guess some people get off on the pain or whatever but that's very much a one-time thing yeah so so how do you you know what's the game plan after that maybe it's just so good it's like um it's like bumblebees you know the male bee his testicles explode when he has when he has an orgasm so really yeah that's what i've heard i've heard that the bees when they have (laughs) sex that the male bees bollocks explode and he, and they di- and he dies like the bee just it, he explodes and he's like probably knocking about for a bit more going fuck that was good and then <laughs> and then they die and maybe it's just maybe it's just that you're looking for the best but you got that's got to be the best orgasm right you come so hard that your balls explode we've all uh, felt like that's gonna happen yes. uh, <laughs> once or twice but you know you know you're safe you know they're not actually gonna explode. Or do you? I also wonder with the bee, does the bee know that's going to happen to him? Yeah. Mm. Like when they sting someone and then... Yeah, I think when bees sting, people say, why do bees sting people when they, they know they're going to die? It's like, well, I don't think they do know they're going to die. I think a bee yeah. can sting other animals and they'll be fine. Like if yeah, he gets in a fight with a spider or something, it can, it can sting it and be all right. But it's just, we're, we're just, we're just double hard. Yeah, too hard. Yeah. I reckon I could beat a bee up. I saved a bee yesterday. Yeah, it was a fucking massive one. It was one. Of, it was one of the biggest bees I've seen. I, I think I might have seen bigger, 
But in recent times, this is the biggest one, especially the fact that the bees are dying. You know, you don't see them that often. And I was sitting in, uh, I was around Rosie's and I was sitting in the garden and I saw it come from a, over the house. It, it was so big <laughs> that from a distance I saw it and it came over the horizon. Could you hear it? Like in, It uh, was you know, so, uh, it was loud, life. yeah. And she lives next to a train line and I still heard it. And uh, <laughs> it like came over the house and it just went straight into the back door because the back door was open. And I was like, in my head I'm thinking, oh no, I, I don't know how... She, I don't really know how Rosie is around wasps and bees and stuff. Like, I hope she doesn't freak out or anything. But I just left it. And then she walked by, went to the toilet, didn't notice it. And um, I thought, I better go and see where the bee is and how it's doing. And it was like trapped in the corner uh, behind the tumble dryer in, mm. um, in all these cobwebs. And it was, I could see it was like it would get free from a cobweb, but then fly up and get trapped by another cobweb. And then it just yeah. kept getting stuck and it was getting real tired. But I just got a big stick and broke up all the cobwebs, flicked it out. He flew away. And it was, we saw him fly off in the distance and he flew, he made a beeline out of there and he flew away, but you could still keep eyes on him for a good 10, 15 seconds until he went behind a, behind a building. He was, he was fucking huge, this bee. Yeah, why is it called a beeline? Because I've never seen a bee fly in a straight line. No, I, I reckon it's like something to do with, if I was to guess, I think it's like something to do with sports or something. like. Um, yeah, so it's not actually about bees. Really. I don't think it's, yeah. We can find out. So, listeners, what's the biggest bee you've ever seen? What's the largest insect you've oh, ever seen? No, it does come from bees. There what we the go, fu- see. The fra- Is it to do- oh, cool, cool. The phrase derives from the behaviour of bees. When a forager bee finds a source of nectar, it returns to the hive and communicates its location to the other bees using a display called the waggle dance. The other bees are then able to fly directly to the source of the nectar. That oh, is, it? make That's a beeline line. for it. Yeah. So he, well, was, well, well. he was making a beeline. Yeah. The more you know. I mean, I've learned something which has never happened on the Curious Con. <laughs> Apart from when we used to do the Was We Chatting Shit last episode segment. Oh, yeah. Why do we stop doing that? Is it because we just gave in that we were always chatting shit? Well, no, because we started recording from home and we've got Google now. Oh, it was yeah. when we was in the studio and we didn't have any, true. any internet. Um, but it was a good, good segment. Look what it evolved into. It, we, we got the Frosties kid. And from there, that sparked a whole, a whole host of guests. <laughs> and hosts. Made some friends out of it as well. One Pound Fish Man, he texts me regularly. Every morning, someone gets a message from One Pound Fish Man. Good morning. Very, very good. good. Morning. <laughs> very, very good morning. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Uh, he he messages me and like he 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 tells me when someone else has uploaded a video about him or or if there's like a TikTok going around. And uh, sometimes there's not much to say, so I just reply with like very, very good. And then he does just <laughs> give like a laughing face and a thumbs up. Um, <laughs> oh, but yeah. You live in the meme dream. Stay, for anyone who's not subscribed to the Curios uh, YouTube channel, like definitely, definitely go. It, if you just search up the Curios, it will be there, and um, that's where the interview with the one pound fish man is. Stay subscribed to that because uh, obviously we're going to be uploading all sorts of shit onto there uh, as time goes on. But 
the one pound fish man is returning to the UK, as he said in, in our interview, uh, as soon as um, the whole COVID situation is done, he's going to be moving back. And he has said, I can pick him up from the airport. So you want to watch that because we are definitely going to be documenting that. If you want to watch us have a little carpool karaoke session, driving <laughs> around East London, we, we're going to drive, we're going to drive back down. Um, I think it's Green Street Market, where he, where he used to, you know, where he used to hang out singing, and we're going to be blasting out One Pound Fish with the windows down. He's going to be like a, like a celebrity. You know, everyone's like, "Whoa, that's the One Pound Fish man. He's back." If they get a car with a sunroof, he can stand up. No, he would just, he would just hang out. You know, he can. See, uh, I'm not getting another car. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. Do a Patreon. Patreon us a new car so we can uh, try one pound fish man around with a uh, sunroof. I think I think you'll be alright. He could just hang out the passenger window of my three door Vauxhall Corsa. <laughs> nice. Have you well, got Have you got any other? Uh, I've got some more. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say we've gone we've gone well off um, target on the Darwin Awards. That's fine. Doing um, a quick little plug. I've got another another good one. Uh, this is. It's not as disgusting, so don't worry. There's no scrotums in this one. This is just pure stupidity. I just don't... This is one where I just don't understand what this guy was thinking about. So, uh, one fateful afternoon, uh, 55-year-old Marco, this is from Croatia, um, decided he wanted to clean his chimney. However, the chimney was too high for a simple broom to to work. But if he could uh, attach a brush to a chain and then weigh it down with something, it would do the trick. But he was stumped as to what... He could use as a weight. However, he decided upon something that was heavy. It was made of metal, um, and it was it was wasn't too heavy enough for him to not be able to lift it up. However, the item was a hand grenade. <laughs> I was going to so, guess was it a gun or a grenade? Yeah. <laughs> so he um, wanted to weld it to the to the broom. I don't really know why he needed a, a broom. You know the grenade. I don't know where the grenade was going on the broom it might actually welded just to tie it on yeah but i don't understand why the grenade like what what is the grenade doing to make the broom longer I, i'm not really too I think, sure no it's, it's just it's just, he, he wants a weight that's pulling it down because if you did just attach a broom onto a chain and you stood uh, up right, yeah. i guess he's he, it seems like he's standing probably on top of the house pushing the broom down the chimney it wouldn't be heavy enough it would just get stuck wouldn't it yeah you something pulling it good one I, I, I imagine that he was poking it up but yeah he's probably going the other way yeah. which makes sense um so he got his welding apparatus together and uh, started to weld the grenade to it however as it would um the grenade exploded as soon as it heated up and the force of an explosion killed marco instantly blasted shrapnel through the walls of the shed uh, and also destroyed a mercedes parked outside his chimney however was untouched oh good so he didn't even achieve the, uh, uh, yeah. you know, that, that would have made it okay if he'd managed to at yeah. least clean the chimney, but he didn't. Um, he's dead. That is very dumb. Yeah, I mean, that's just pure stupidity. I just don't... Uh, he, Why has he got a grenade in the first place? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, fair enough having a grenade, whatever. But <laughs> there's lots of heavy items that would have been a better choice than that. I think I can look around and I can just pick up like, oh, I've got a big, you know, I've got a water bottle here. He could have, mm. he could have just got a, a, even if it's a plastic bottle filled with water and just tied that on shortly. Uh, yeah. 
I've got a, 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 a I don't know how heavy grenades are. I'm trying to find find something that's. I didn't think they were that heavy. I would imagine they're like a similar weight to like a cricket ball or something, or a baseball Maybe for a ball. Americans. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I mean, it, yeah. Don't know. Don't know what he was thinking. Do you know what we could do? We could Google how heavy a grenade is, but I don't really care. No, I mean they're not going to be. <laughs> I reckon a grenade is is the same as a full bottle of beer. I'm. I reckon they're about. I reckon they're a little bit heavier than a like a cricket ball. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up weight of a cricket ball. You look up weight of a grenade. <laughs> weight Sa- saves of us time. A grenade. So a cricket ball is 163 grams. 163. Yeah. So an M67 grenade. Yeah. Weighs 400 grams. Wow, which is okay. more than I so thought. three times that, yeah. Because you got to think it's right. it's it's got to be um, light enough that you can throw it a good distance, but you don't want it too light that you throw it and the wind fucking <laughs> you know <laughs> like blows a, it. Those softballs. Yeah, uh, yeah. You don't want you don't want that. So I guess it's uh yeah okay. So that's heavy then. How much is a heavy, bag of sugar? You can get bags of sugar that are half a kilo, right? So they're about five hundred grams. Yeah, like the standard size is one kilogram for like a, a standard size bag of sugar. Yeah, that's a pretty decent weight to throw. Yeah, I know. Like a liter of water is one kilogram as well. Oh, that's science. That is. <laughs> You're getting too technical for me now. Yeah. So no, nah, not too heavy, but dense. But anyway, even if <laughs> like even Marco, if, even if that was the if, even if that was the only only thing you could find that was above like four hundred grams, and you thought that oh, I need to sweep it today, and mm. this is this grenade's the only thing that's going to help me out, you would uh, just tie it on, surely, like just get a bit of string and have it tied yeah. in from the bottom of the broom. <sighs> I just I, I would never. I'd never. My mind would not go straight to a grenade. Probably be the last thing it would go to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Idiot. Stupid. Idiot. Okay. I've actually got a few here because I, I expected us to maybe have the same ones, Mm -hmm. Uh, so I made sure I had some extra ones. But uh, I don't have. um, We didn't have any of the same. Um, My first one is about a man called uh, Franz Reichelt. Uh, he was Austrian-born French tailor, uh, inventor, and parachuting pioneer, uh, sometimes referred to as the flying tailor. Um, basically, uh, you know, like it says there, he was a tailor, so he, you know, he, his uh, day-to-day profession was just making clothes. And uh, he was a pioneer of parachuting. And this was very early on uh, in the 20th century. 1912 was when he died. And he was trying to invent a um, a wearable parachute. And it was kind of a little bit ahead of his time. Like, um, it does sort of look like the the wingsuits that you see people flying around with uh yeah. you know flying next to uh rocks and stuff but it's 
really thick uh it's made of like this really thick material like the kind of material you would you see uh big like heavy canvas bags like in the army and stuff like being made like hessian sack yeah and uh there's a video uh i've just sent it to you um i think i know what this is going to be basically he he wanted to test this suit that he'd developed and he got permission from uh, the Parisian Prefecture of Police uh, for permission to conduct a test from the Eiffel Tower. Uh, he received the permission in 1912, but when he arrived at the tower, he made it clear that he intended to jump personally rather than conduct an experiment with dummies. So I think <laughs> he'd sort of told a bit of a white lie and just said, I'm going to you know, have an experiment. Chucking dummies off of the uh, off of the Eiffel Tower with this cool wearable parachute, and uh, the whole idea is so he became fixated on developing a suit for aviators that would convert into a parachute and allow them to survive a fall should they should they be forced to leave their aircraft mid air. So the whole idea is it was a suit that was functional. You could walk about in it. You'd sit in your aircraft, fly in and fight in, and then if you got blown out of your plane or you had to evacuate you could just jump out spread your uh, limbs like a like a squirrel those little mm. flying squirrel things and you would just slowly descend back to the earth uh so he, he so you had a lot of faith in this then just to jump off without a dummy without using a dummy yeah um yes yeah, so in this video he's standing he only went up to the first floor of the eiffel tower which kind yeah, of tells course. me how much faith did you have in it? Because if you did have a lot of faith, surely you'd go up higher because yeah. no matter what floor you jump from, you're going to die if it doesn't work. So yeah, how high is the first like um, floor? Uh, 57 metres. That's 187 feet. Yeah, so, dead, surely. Yeah, pretty, pretty high. So I don't know, don't know what he was thinking. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so in this video, he's standing on the edge of like a, of the banister, and then he's got a couple fellas with him who aren't trying to stop him at all. They're just mm. standing around, and there's a camera, there's mental, a camera person his, filming it. His suit is insane. It looks like a um, looks like a prop from a like an old black and white film, like a Dracula film. Yeah, like a big long cape. It's so big. It's yeah. so big and so heavy. And then when he jumps, he jumps like feet first. He doesn't really jump um, like uh, face first, I guess, is what you would do. Like you'd, you'd go chest first, wouldn't you? Like you're skydiving. Yeah. But he doesn't. He sort of jumps feet first. I don't know if the suit was just too heavy that he couldn't uh, rotate himself. And then, yeah, and then the camera switches to uh, the cameraman who's on the ground just waiting for him. And, yeah, he just, uh, just hits the ground. And that was it. He's an idiot. That's, that's yeah. That's, that's quite. He just literally falls, and he doesn't even. <laughs> it doesn't slow him down at all. That's, if anything, it sped him up. <laughs> what he was wearing. It's crazy. It looks like a. Um, it looks like something from a, an old silent film, like a you know, it doesn't look real. Yeah. It's when do you ever see even the bit of dust that flies up at the bottom? Um, you know, when he hits the ground, it looks like a cartoon almost. Um, that's nuts. I mean, he's got balls. Can't deny that. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, it says... Um, well, he had balls. He, he'd been developing it 
for two years, so from July 1910, uh, and he just called it the parachute suit, a suit that was not much more bulky than one normally worn by an aviator, but with the addition of a few rods, a silk canopy, and a small amount of rubber that allowed it to fold out to become what uh, he hoped would be a practical and efficient parachute. It says silk, and I always picture silk as being like a quite a light, uh, thin material, but he must have had layers and layers of it because it looked really thick and bulky. It didn't look, yeah. um, it didn't look light at all. And I'm pretty sure a lot of parachutes are or were made from silk. So it was. I think they still are, aren't they? Or down, maybe the. I think it used to be, and now it's like a plasticky type thing. Um, yeah, a good moustache as well. I liked his moustache. Yeah, I feel like people could grow better moustaches back in the day. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you can, you can grow quite a good moustache. Mine's ginger, though. Mm. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not quite the same as having like a nice, big, black, bushy moustache, you know. There's my of, but it was black and white. That's true. The only ever, yeah, the only old moustaches I've seen are in black and white. That is a good point. Maybe I'll try and grow one. Grow a big moustache. Don't know. But, I mean, he's got, he had bollocks. Um, I wouldn't jump off the Eiffel Tower with what is effectively like a, a big oversized dress on. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, pioneer though. Now we know that doesn't work. Yeah. Well, I always think of that when, um, you know, with mushrooms, uh, obviously some of them are really deadly poisonous or berries Mm. um, or like a plant, um, like a wild plant, some some you can eat um, that obviously aren't commercially eaten, but they are by some people. And obviously some are really deadly. But I always think, well, at some point people have learned that through just people trying shit and just dying or being really sick and... Um, such as nuts, like if you lived, you know, say a thousand years ago or, or whenever, and you just wanted to try and find some food, it was just like a risk all the time. It wasn't like going to Sainsbury's and getting some aubergines and carrots and stuff. It was, uh, is that mushroom going to kill me or will I just have the shits for two weeks? Yeah, I guess it's sort of like thousands of years of it, right? It just gets passed down. Thousands of years ago, tribes, people, cave people, whatever were eating it and dying and they just learn don't eat that and it gets passed down don't eat that you can eat that um, yeah but at some point someone someone had it and he copped it oh yeah um this other story here uh, uh actually I've got three stories here that are all about people falling so that was the first one um shit this one here you might have um this might be one that I wanted to talk about. Is it a, this is quite—is it a famous one? It's quite a like recent, well-known. Yeah, it's quite. Well, it's quite. Oh, is it about a window? Okay, so I do have the window one as well, and then yeah. I have um, this one here, which is a more recent one. Um, there's also a video of this. Uh, Mad Mike Hughes launched himself in a steam-powered rocket to prove the Earth is flat. So. <laughs> uh, this guy, it's on the Joe Rogan subreddit. So I don't know if he was um, like a Joe Rogan guest at some point or if it's just because it's flat earth, they're posting it on the um, Joe Rogan thing because that's something they would talk about. But this guy's got a, a Wikipedia page as well if anyone wants to do some reading about him. Uh, it's Mike Hughes and in brackets Daredevil. So if you search Mad Mike Hughes, it comes up. But 
Yeah, he was uh, an American limousine driver, uh, professed flat earther and daredevil, known for flying in self-built steam rockets. Um, he died while filming a stunt for an upcoming Science Channel television series. Uh, basically, this guy likes building rockets and shooting himself up in the rockets. And he'd done a successful one in 2014 where he built his first manned rocket, flew 419 metres in just over one minute uh, in Arizona. It says he collapsed after the landing and it took him three days to recover. Uh, (laughs) The injuries he suffered from the flight put him in a walker for two weeks. Uh, There was no video of him entering the rocket and there were doubts he was even in it when it launched, which (laughs) is strange. Um, Basically, he... Did did it crash then? That's why he got injuries? Or was it just because he was travelling so fast, maybe not... Yeah, I don't know. That's all it says. That bit's a bit vague. Um, But, yeah, he survived anyway, no matter what. Um, In 2016, he wanted to do another one. So two years later, he wanted to build another rocket. So he launched a fundraising campaign uh, that raised three hundred and ten dollars. Uh, <laughs> uh, so a year later, he professed that he believed, uh, professed his belief in a flat Earth, uh, and he gained support within the flat Earth community. So then he relaunched his fundraising campaign with the angle that he was going to prove the Earth was flat by going up and taking a photo of the earth as a disc like (laughs) he he was going to go up and see that the earth was flat and and not round i don't know why he couldn't just go up in a plane or a a hot air balloon or whatever but uh it made a lot more money this time seven thousand eight hundred and seventy five dollars uh he said he intended to make multiple rocket journeys uh, culminating in a flight to outer space where he believed he would be able to take a picture of the entire Earth as a flat disc. Um, he claims he got approval from the Bureau of Land Management to do this and they've argued uh, after his death saying, no, we didn't. Um, and he is quoted in saying, I'm a daredevil. I'm not much for authority or rules. Uh, so he... Uh, the untested initial rocket was intended to reach speeds of 500 miles per hour. Um, but I guess they never got that far because he, because he died. Um, basically, there was lots of delays in building it, so he launched another fundraising campaign. The goal was set at $10,000, and it raised $100. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he live streamed another attempted launch but it failed to launch and it was aborted Uh, and then he had a successful launch blah 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 went up 500 metres with a hard landing Uh, but I don't think he was in it a steam powered rocket he was a puss puss he was launching all sorts of bullshit yeah uh, the steam-powered rocket launched at a sharp angle to avoid falling back to Earth on public land and landed about 460 metres away from the launch point. 
Uh, his team reported a maximum speed of 350 miles an hour. Oh, and he reported no serious injury from the landing. So, oh, okay, so he I, was in it. Yeah, I think it, what ha- basically, I think it just goes up and then a parachute deploys and um, he's in the rocket as it's parachuting back down. Um, okay. You know, I guess it's still quite heavy and it's still going pretty quickly, so it's still a hard landing, but it, it does soften the blow, unlike that last guy in 1912. Uh, he did not get a soft landing. But yeah, his last launch was in 2020, uh, in which, uh, and there's a video for it as well uh, on the subreddit, uh, if you just search like Mad Mike Hughes last flight or crash or something, you, you'll find it if you want. You don't see anything graphic, you just see uh, the rocket get shot up into the air um, and as it goes up you, you see the parachute just fall off of it so I think uh, there had obviously been a malfunction or an error in the way it was packed and uh, it's said that the rocket appeared to rub against the launch apparatus perhaps tearing the parachutes uh, the launch event was being filmed for the science channel television series called Homemade Astronauts uh, he was meant to star in that. Um, it's not that it's just been launched off the back of a truck. Have you seen that? Yeah, they've got like a flatbed truck, um, and it's just a, it's just like a bit of scaffolding yeah. <laughs> that's got like a, a homemade rocket built onto it. It does look like just like a rocket, and. Yeah, it looks like one of those. Um, I don't know if you've ever had one when you was a kid. Uh, one of the ones you either pump air in or you pump water in. Yeah, and you just keep pumping it, and obviously, yeah, and you just flies stamp up. It on just it with like your foot, and it shoots up. Yeah, yeah. Well, rest in peace, um, pieces, I should say maybe. Yeah, uh, one of the top comments was, "Who's flat now?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I really don't understand the flat Earth thing. I mean, what what are people going to achieve by questioning whether the Earth is round or flat? What is their? Is it? Are they being? Do they say they're being lied to by the government? You know, is I know there's like a whole thing about an ice wall and all that sort of bullshit. Yeah, but I just don't understand why. Yeah, I think it started as a joke, and then people have. I think so. I think yeah. I think it started as a joke, and. There are people out there that will literally believe anything. Like you, you can yeah. say anything, and there'll be someone out there who will believe it. And there are people that get very fanatical about things and want to feel included in a club, right? And then, but, but I feel like now the, the actual flat Earth society, surely everyone at the top, everyone who's in charge of the flat Earth society, knows it's a joke, and they're just they're just making a living out of running this club, selling yeah. books and T-shirts and stuff. We should make up something. We should. Yeah. I reckon we could do a, co- a collab with Flat Earth Society. Yeah. Get, get them involved. Get them on. What we just do? We just pretend we're Flat Earthers. Yeah. We'll infiltrate. Yeah. I mean, Rob looks like a Flat Earther, doesn't he? Really? Yeah. Yeah. He could get in. <laughs> um, before we talk about that um, other window one, because yeah. we should talk about that, because I think that's the that's one of the most famous mm. Darwin Award. Things I've got some quick fire ones for you. Just one sentence. Yep. Um, little unusual death. So these are not necessarily um, Darwin Awards, but they're just like weird ways people have died. Mm-hmm. But it's just a couple of things. So you might have heard of this one. Uh, 
David Grundman uh, was shooting at cactus cacti with his shotgun uh, in Arizona um, when he was crushed, when a four-foot limb fell off and crushed him to death. Yeah. That's a pretty horrible way to go, and it getting pierced and um, flattened by a big, massive cactus. Yeah. I mean, four-foot limb. I don't know how big the cactuses get in America. They just must get big, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he was shooting the shotgun. Fucks himself up. Um, Clement Valadingham, who was a lawyer, this is in uh, the early 1900s, was uh, defending a man accused of murder, uh, and he accidentally shot himself whilst demonstrating how the victim might have done so. His client was acquitted. Oh, okay, so... Good lawyer. So it was a successful, yeah, yeah. successful defence. He gave everything. Yeah, he defended um, him with his life. <laughs> uh, Governor Morris, who was a founding father of the United States, died from an infection after using a whalebone to clear a blockage in his urinary tract. Oh. oh. So he caused severe internal damage whilst using a bit of a whalebone to poke around uh, in his, his winky. If you were going to use a bone to clear out your dick hole, why would you choose the largest animal there is? <laughs> like, I don't think like, it was a whole whale bone. <laughs> like his rib cage. You know? <laughs> Just like absolutely stretched out. How small do their um, bones get? Well, I think they were used quite a lot because obviously the whale industry was pretty big in the mm. 1800s or whenever this was. Um, so I think they used like whale bones to make cutlery or a um, bit like ivory, mm. I guess. I don't know. I, might, I probably made that up. That's my that's my theory. Either that, or he had a whalebone in the garden. Was like, you know, this is perfect. I just need to break a little bit off, stick it down the old chap, and I'll be good as good as rain. Um, this is a good one. Uh, Sir William Payne Galway, who was a former British MP uh, in 1881, severe suffer, uh, suffered severe internal injuries when he fell on a turnip whilst out hunting. Hmm. I don't know what injuries you can get from falling onto a turnip. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that was that was it. Um, and then after watching the Kung Fu Capers episode of The Goodies, a guy called Alex Mitchell laughed continuously for 25 minutes before falling dead on his sofa from heart failure. Oh. So he laughed himself to death. Um, so, yeah, public safety announcement. If you're going to watch Kung Fu Capers from The Goodies, apparently it's so funny that you're at risk of dying. So uh, just be careful. I hear that's the case with our podcast as well. Some people have that come close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, this is a, a bit sad because a, a dog dies in this one. Oh. Uh, a poodle named Kachi uh, in Buenos Aires fell 13 floors uh, off of a balcony and fatally hit 75-year-old Marta Espina, killing both instantly. In the course of the events... Um, a bystander, Edith Sola, who came to see the incident, was fatally hit by a bus uh, before an unidentified man who witnessed her death had a heart attack and died. Jesus. So from one poodle falling on someone else, it claimed the lives of uh, three people. Damn. Oh, no, four people. Yeah. One, two, no, three, four. Three people and a dog. Marta, Edith. Oh, yeah, three people. It's <laughs> <laughs> like three men and a baby, but... All lives are equal. Funnier. I don't know. Um, they're my quick fire ones. I don't know if you want to finish us off with the the classic tale of uh, uh, of. Uh, I think this is one of the most famous Darwin awards. Yeah, Gary. I won't spoil it. Gary Hoyer. Gary with two R's. That was his first mistake. Oh, I guess that was his parents' mistake, really. Um, Unless he changed his name. Yeah. 
he was a lawyer uh, in Toronto, and he would frequently demonstrate to uh, people that visited his office uh, the strength of the str- of the windows in in the office. So uh, I think at the time uh, they were giving a tour to a group of uh, what's that word? Articling students. Articling, articling yeah. students. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, articling students. When I first oh. read it, I was thinking like architecture students, but that doesn't seem <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Uh, but he's someone who's studying to be an accountant or a lawyer. Yeah, apparently. but he was for some reason demonstrating the strength of the structure's window glass by slamming himself into the window. Um, he had apparently performed this stunt many times in the past, having previously bounced harmlessly off the glass. After one attempt, which saw the glass hold up, Hoyer tried once more. In this instance, the force of Hoyer slamming into the window removed the window from its frame, causing the entire intact window and Hoyer to fall from the building. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, the glass didn't break. Um, but yeah, he, he popped the whole fucking window out and went down with it. Um, how many floors up? 24 floors up. And yeah, uh, clearly did not he, survive. And he was 72 kilograms, which isn't that heavy. No, it's, yeah. About my weight. Yeah, I was about to say, so, lighter than me. Uh, so that's, um, so surely there's something wrong with that window. I suppose if he's been doing it over the course of... Yeah, well, there's a, there's a quote here from a structural engineer, Bob Greer. Um, sounds like a limerick. Uh, <laughs> there once was a structural engineer. His name was Bob Greer. He was quoted by the Toronto Star as saying, <laughs> I don't know of any building code in the world that would allow a 160 pound, 72.5 kilograms, man to run up against the glass and withstand it okay so he's saying and then that. he went and had a beer <laughs> that's the limit so he's saying that is it's purely his fault it's not the uh, building's construction fault yeah and then in another interview the firm spokesman mentioned that the glass in fact did not break but popped out of its frame leading to his fatal plunge it says that his death contributed to the closing of holden day wilson which was the name of the law firm uh, in 1996, so huh. um, which at the time was the largest law firm in Canada. So, wow. um, well, it's the largest law firm closure in Canada. But so I don't know why. I don't know how that contributed. I guess it was like really bad press, maybe um, that their lawyers auto defenstrate themselves. But it's a great word, by the way. It is defenstration. Yeah. The act of throwing someone out of a window. Yeah, therefore, auto-defenstration is the act of throwing yourself out the window. There we go. Which, if you... So I was on the Wikipedia page for Death of Gary Hoyer, and uh, I saw the word auto-defenstration, and I clicked on it, and it took me to the Wikipedia page for defenstration. And there's actually a list of all like um, significant... Uh, notable cases of defenestration going back to the 9th century BC uh, mm. uh, of like from you know the Bible and all different texts so in 9th century BC Queen Jezebel was defenestrated by her own eunuch servants um, according to the Hebrew Bible and then there's all these different ones going all the way up until 
modern day. So 2017 is the most uh, most recent one. But uh, yeah, if you want to read about people being thrown out of a window. Oh, there's one on my birthday. What's this? Uh, in the so-called bathroom coup in Sri Lanka. Blah, blah, blah. Bathroom coup? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go off on reading what the bathroom coup was. Uh, said that the criminal investigation department to have jumped to their deaths from the fourth floor of the CRD building. Wow. Cool. Oh, yeah. There's like a... I should, we, could do an, we could do a whole episode on um, disasters that have happened on my birthday. So 15th of <laughs> April, there's like quite a lot of disasters that have happened. I think that's when, uh, it's when the Titanic sank. Um, it was the, there was the Hillsborough disaster. There was the Boston bombing. There was uh, Notre Dame burnt down. Um, there was a ferry that capsized uh, off the coast of Korea and killed a lot of children. Um, I don't know, like Tommy Cooper so, died. Uh, there's, there's a, there's quite a lot of things that have, um, that have happened. And there was one recently. I, but I, I can't remember what it was. I, I raise all of that. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I say all of that, and I raise you the invasion of Iraq, which happened on my birthday in two thousand three. Ah, um, the Syrian civil war, uh, <laughs> um, a solar eclipse, equinox, and a supermoon all occurred on the same day. Oh, that is that is bad. Yeah. Um. Legoland California opens a little bit happier. The troubles began in Northern <laughs> Ireland. Jesus, we've got some depressing birthdays. Yeah, I was trying uh, to, I was trying to find there was something I read it because obviously I've got like a a mental log in my head of things that have happened on my birthday, and then um, mm. I saw one the other day and I I thought ah oh, oh, I need to add that to my list and I forgot it. It was something that happened last year or this year. But uh, that's good, isn't it? That's that's good uh, content. <laughs> yeah, we won't we won't do a whole uh, we won't do a whole episode talking about what happened on our birthdays. That is a uh, that is very boring. <laughs> um, but yeah, that guy jumping out of the window is is just crazy. I mean, I no matter how much faith I would have in a, in in a window, no. <clears throat> there's no way I'd run and just throw myself at it. Um, but again, got balls. He won uh, the Darwin Award of 1996. Yeah. Apparently, even with me and Rosie. Were- tower bridge recently where they've got the glass floor that you could so um i guess for anyone who doesn't know tower bridge is the the big nice looking bridge in london and you can go up the tower and walk across the top and uh it's quite high up and there's there's a little glass floor section you walk across that and of course when you um walk across it your body is telling you you shouldn't be doing this. And then mm. once you've, once you've been on it for a couple of seconds, you're, you're all right. Um, and there was, there's, there's kids that have no fit. Like you see, we were watching and you can see adults go to walk on it. And then they're like hesitant and they sort of put a toe on it and then a foot and then they walk across it. Or some adults don't even go on it. They just walked around the side. They were not interested in walking on it, just looking over. And there yeah. were kids that were just going up the stairs and they'd obviously seen photos of the glass floor and they've been excited for it. Kids just run and just jump on it with all their force and just stamp on the ground or just run on it and just like belly slide across the glass. Uh, yeah. n- no fear at all that it, it, it's going to hold their weight and they're going to be fine. Um, they're stupid. No, thanks. Like that uh, swimming pool in London. That was all over the news. The uh, one between the two uh, buildings. Yeah, the one with the, gl- like the glass one, yeah. Yeah, no thanks. I'd like. I'd give that a go. 
Nah. I don't <laughs> like public swimming pools anyway. They're full of wee and... Dutty. Yeah. Verrucas. Yeah, they are. Do people still get Verrucas? I haven't had a Veruca since I was like nine having swimming lessons. I think it's still a thing. So I, I still see um, adverts for like Bazooka, that Veruca. Um, yeah. But why'd you get them when you're a kid and you don't... T- I mean, I, maybe I've just got lucky and I haven't had a Veruca, but... I think you just like... Take, like your, take your socks off a lot, don't you? I'll have to ask Rob to see it? if he gets them because he's never got <laughs> shoes on. He's just got his feet are just one or two big Verrucai. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, used, I, don't I, know. Used to, I used to do judo and like you're on the, on the mats and, you know, another kid with a Veruca gets on there and spreads it or whatever. But Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Lovely, we'll do a lovely thing to Yeah, Veruca special coming soon. Verrucas, <laughs> bunions. Yeah. Um, what else? Athlete's foot. <laughs> uh, toe jam. Well, thanks for listening to me and George <laughs> talk for an hour about people killing themselves. And other stuff. Big bees. Big bees. Bee um, lines. Bee lines. What else have you learned? Stuff. Other Can't remember. things. Yeah. About law firms in Canada. and You know, I, I mean, I think it's been one of the most informative episodes we've ever, we've ever done. Um. So you're welcome. This is all for free as well. It's free content. This isn't hidden behind our Patreon. Uh, remember, donate for that sunroof. One pound fish man. Yeah. If you want to see that. All right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll be back next week. Hopefully the three of us, hopefully Rob will be joining us. Um, he can give us an update about the uh, ecosystem he's got going on upstairs and downstairs. <laughs> Bye. Right. Well, see you next week.